So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. So Shannon Sharp, you know him, former Raven turned media personality. He has been one of Baltimore's biggest critics so far this season. So Bobby, when he did a complete 180 on ESPN's first take this week, it caught our attention. Let's just tell it like it is. Unk is backpedaling and he's getting back in the Ravens' good graces, Sarah. He picked Baltimore as his AFC North division winner earlier this week. We're going to revisit some things he said literally seven days ago, and and I promise you, we're going to have some fun with this one. (laughs) All right. Well, I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, October 18th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So, Sarah, we mentioned this on Tuesday's Morning Vault, but newest Raven Kyle Van Noy is off to a hot start with Baltimore, and he gave some interesting insight into Lamar Jackson and how he himself has been, quote, balling off the couch. (laughs) Plus, we have an update on whether safety Kyle Hamilton could be facing a suspension and some film study clips that you may have missed from Sunday's game in London, and I'm telling you, some of it is fantastic. Good stuff. We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions sprinkled in. There's going to be no shortage of those on this episode in about 30 minutes. So, Sarah, you might remember after, well, you might remember, you definitely remember, we all remember what took place in terms of the national media landscape following the Steelers' loss. Seven drops, just a a brutal loss top down and one that you just kind of left wondering how did the Ravens let that one get away or more like how many areas in that game did they let the Steelers hang around and hang around right and so ultimately we, we we do what we do in the beginning of the week typically it's on Tuesdays this week it was it was a day later on Wednesday but from Tuesday's reaction from the national media and Shannon Sharp we should probably go back before we go forward and just kind of rewind on what he had to say about the Ravens and specifically the debate that we all remember is Lamar Jackson, or I should say, are the Ravens getting their money's worth from Lamar Jackson? That was the debate that they had on first take on ESPN the day after the Steelers loss. And and it was a debate after there were seven drops, which is what the hilarious part of it is. After there were seven drops, three of which, as we all know, well-documented by now, would have been in for six. This is what Shannon had to say that day, October 9th. I've never been a part of a team that dropped that many passes in one game. If you look at the first half, it was the tale of two halves for the Ravens because Lamar looked extremely well in the first half, but 
even if we go back and look at through the five games, this offense looked exactly like the Greg Roman offense. Todd Munkin was supposed to come in, and Lamar Jackson was supposed to spread it around. And even though they did have eight drops, Rex, all that could have been forgotten. Lamar Jackson threw a horrible interception in the end zone. That was supposed to be a back shoulder. And on the back shoulder, you know one thing, Rex. You can't miss inside. That's why you're throwing the back shoulder, because the guy's pinned inside. So if you miss inside, you're going to hit Joy Porter Jr. in his hands, which he did. So we're all kind of left wondering after that, did he, did he watch the game? Like, or did he just, as we often say sometimes, the national media come across as if they just kind of comb through the box score, maybe watch the notable highlights, right? Did he actually watch the game? Because we know that the offenses have looked different. Yes, there's been struggles in the red zone as of late. We documented those on both the post-game show and on Tuesday's morning vault. But, but Sarah, for him to do a complete 180, what, seven, eight days later and come with this, and the debate on on Tuesday's first take was who's going to become who's going to emerge victorious in the AFC North. And Shannon days later comes with this. I'm jaw dropped watching this on YouTube. Sarah, I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? This is one of the all time backpedals in sports media, which sounded like this. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Um, I'm the most confident in the Ravens. I'll be even more confident once they fix their red zone offense. Yeah. Um, Baltimore only scored one touchdown in the last seven quarters, and they were one for six in the red zone uh, on Sunday. Thankfully, they got one of the two greatest clutch kickers on their roster in Justin Tucker, the other being Adam Vinatieri. Um, and once the Ravens figure out the kinks of what they really are and who they really are, Todd Munkin took over as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson still has the dynamic legs. He's still figuring out the receiver, the guys that he can count on on a consistent basis. Mark Andrews is always going to be one of those guys that he rely heavily on. But I like what I saw from uh, Flowers. I like uh, what I saw from him the other day. And so once they get this thing figured out, I just trust, trust L. Jack. And, I, and it, this is not a knock on, on, on Joe Burrow, but I know L. Jack can get it done. Uh, his legs, him throwing the football. So I think I got a little bit more confidence in the uh, uh, in the Ravens right now. It's not like I'm overconfident in any of these teams. Gotcha. I'm going to go Ravens. So, Sarah, just, just to make sure we review this properly, on October 9th, Shannon, and he wasn't the only panelist who claimed that the Ravens aren't getting their money's worth from Lamar, but he was adamant, adamant after the Steelers' loss that the Ravens were not getting their money's worth from Lamar Jackson's contract extension that they awarded him. Okay, October 9th, that was. On Tuesday the 17th, this week, you just heard him say there, I trust, I just trust L-Jack. I don't know who L-Jack is, by the way. I know L-Jack can get it done. I mean, you want to talk about one of the all-time just 180s, complete turnarounds. Like, where did this just come from? Unfortunately, I think this is why some folks have have lost an interest in the national sports media landscape because it, it, it's so hot and cold, and I feel like this is the Exhibit A right now. Look, he made some good points there, right, in terms of the time that it's taken, the learning curve, right, that the guys got to get healthy and, and things of that nature. And I think we probably both agree that I don't know if we're extremely confident right now that the Ravens are going to win this division. I know I'm not. This is an extremely balanced division, and the records indicate that through six weeks. So I don't want to act as if Unk was was completely off base the entire 62 seconds that we just shared with you. But the main takeaway 
is just how how much this thing changed within the last week. My my theory is that it changed that much because the Ravens were um, they weren't a primetime game, but they were the only game going on during the time slot. So it was the nine thirty Eastern. My That's theory is point. that Shannon Sharp watched the game. <laughs> I bet this is the first time this season that he's been able to watch the Ravens from start to finish, or at least, you know, the majority of it, because I didn't even think about you know, that. That's a yeah, great point. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think it is, is it's just like, you know, it's one thing to see in the box score, this and that, but then you see the highlight of like, you know, the week before of Lamar's, you know, interception in the end zone and you see the fumbles and you say, well, fumbles are a bigger, bigger deal than drops or whatever, but no, like, he didn't say in there that this is the same offense, which is what he said every single time he's gotten on before. I think maybe he finally saw for his own eyes, like, oh, okay, like look at the 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 pocket passing, like it's all and it's all in sync and in timing and the way he's audibling and you know this and that. And what's funny is like it's not even the best that we've seen the offense because they weren't finishing in the red zone. If 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 he had been able to see the Ravens and like when they were number one in the league, number one in the red zone, then he would have seen something different too. So that's my take. And I know that we both love Shannon Sharp. He is a personality, of, you know, one of my all-time favorite Ravens. But And he knows more football than I'll ever know. He knows more football in his pinky than I'll ever know. But again, you start to see things, opinions start to align when we're, watch, when we're watching the same game. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that you just brought that. I hadn't even thought about the different time slot, right? And the only game that was available there at 930 Eastern on Sunday in London. But uh, yeah, just just to reiterate, we love Shannon. We're having fun, <laughs> right? This is this is part of the reaction, right? Like their job as as national commentators are to overreact in a sense, and for us, <laughs> we have to react to their overreaction, right? So we right. get it, and we and we also understand it's hard to watch thirty two NFL teams. It is it is very difficult to do that, and they're asked to do a lot on these shows, and you can't well, always and- watch it all. One other thing, and just to give you a peek behind the curtain, we don't do this on our show, but when I worked for the Ravens and then we did um, Unscripted, we would have a pre-production show and we would go through like, um, you know, what kind of questions can we pose the panel? And you would, and you know that some people are like, oh, well, when there's a question, somebody has to be the one who gives the contrarian outlook, right? Mm. Well, what we would do to make sure it was genuine is we would keep changing the question, right? Mm. So if it was like, hey, did who who is the bigger at fault, like the drops or the fumbles? And what if everybody agreed that it was the drops? It's like, okay, then let's change the question. All right, let's change it to this. All right, still everybody agrees? Okay, let's change the question again. Boom, now we got people to disagree. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it... That's kind of how it works. And then these guys do a good job of like just being absolutely emphatic and, and to make an argument, to make sure that you, you've got something enough to where a show like ours will pick it up and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's why six days later, it'll be like, yeah, no, I trust them. Cause it's a different question. You know, it's a completely yeah. different question. And um, anyway, that's just sometimes what's going on behind the scenes. A promise from us to you, the viewer, the listener, we, we have our pre-production meetings, but we will never, ever, I think I speak for you when I say this, we will never put together some sort of agenda for an agreement versus a disagreement. Everything is going to be genuine here with what we do. Like, that's just yeah. how it is. 
And I don't want to be a hypocrite here. I participated that in that in the Ravens. Like we sure. would, I would help come up craft, craft those questions. But, but I also think that like podcasts are very different from like a quick. You have you have two minutes to address this team. What's the best way to do it? You know what I mean? It's just like a completely different animal. Plus, you have producers that are over you, executive producers, right? Yeah, All kinds yeah, yeah. of different content gurus. It's just us. So that's the beauty of what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, that is the nice. It's very the nice. The last thing I'll say here before we get to Kyle Van Noy's interview, which was super insightful for, uh, with Pat McAfee and the boys, is I know there's going to be at least one comment here because I've already seen him on my, on my Twitter. And that is, why are you giving these national shows, if you, if you always criticize them, the attention? Well, look. Bottom line is, even though the studio programming, I would argue, in terms of ESPN, is not what it once was, and and the games are what make ESPN, right? The broadcast rights deals that they have with these games is what makes them so dominant, and the same can be said about, about so many different other networks. They still have an extremely high and powerful stranglehold on the, the sports world at large. So we can't just ignore yeah. this stuff. If anything, right. I hope we're providing. I prefer to challenge it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, and it's just, yeah, I prefer to challenge it because there's so many people that do watch it and there is actually yes. a hunger that people do challenge it. And by the way, like somebody, uh, I was reading the comments, like, uh, you know, we challenge them, but we get challenged too, right? Like that's why we bring in, yes. when we do live streams, we bring in people's comments and all that. And yesterday I just saw a comment that somebody thought that we were being hypocritical because we were criticizing Bateman. And they're like, but, but why are you piling on to Bateman when you criticize other people for going after Lamar? And, you know, it's like, let's all hold each other accountable. But like, to me, I'm giving like a genuine opinion, like they're flip-flopping, obviously clearly not watching the game. Clearly, clearly looking for ratings, obviously, but we all are, we're all looking for ratings because otherwise you can't exist. You can't move forward, but they're looking for ratings. And, um, you know, for me, if you just don't want me to talk about Bateman anymore, I, I don't have to, but you know, it is what's happening. And so you're giving an opinion. I don't know that it was piling on cause we put it as like one of the last topics of the show and gave it like two minutes. It wasn't like, you know, a headline or whatnot. So, but, but this is what we all do. Like we're going to challenge these guys. They have a huge platform and then people in the comments are going to challenge us. And that's the way it all works. And it's mutual respect. Shannon is a hall of famer. He knows yeah. more football yeah. than everybody, than us two, and everybody else probably watching this combined. And we understand that. We respect that. But obviously, but I'm going to challenge like, him when I don't think he's watching yes. the games. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. totally fair. And and it empowers me when folks in London. And I'm still here. I'm coming back on Wednesday later later today. But when when folks come up to me in London and say thank you for sifting through that and providing insight, providing that yeah. challenge that you refer to. Yeah. They appreciate that, and I think that'll continue to, to you know, empower us to to provide this on Mondays and Tuesdays or whenever the overreaction happens. So with that, let's get to the Kyle Van Noy interview. You can find this in full on the Pat McAfee Show YouTube channel, but Kyle, we know, is the newest Raven. He and Jadavian Clowney are on the other side of 30. Sarah, they're sipping from the Fountain of Youth, and while a, a David Ajabo and Adafe Owe have been down with their respective injuries. These two guys have provided a pass rush and, and a disruptiveness that has been really effective for Mike McDonald's group up front. And before we get into Kyle himself in terms of the chip on his shoulder that he's playing with, I thought he shared a cool perspective on what he's seen so far from Lamar. And remember, and a guy on Twitter reminded me this, let me just make sure I give him the love because I didn't even remember at the time that this was the case but a guy that goes by at JSVP underscore uh, hashtag Ravensflock on his Twitter account 
said that, hey, it's, it's important to note that Kyle, as a member of the Patriots at the time, played Lamar and New England did during his MVP season. I think that was when Tom Brady first kind of came out and spoke on what this kid could be in the NFL. So just remember that. He faced Lamar in 2019, and since then, in the years following for the last four, has really watched him grow. I believe Lamar has grown tremendously. Um, and I, I want to be careful with this because I don't want to – come off and be like, I'm happy with where we're at as a team because I think we still can uh, be a lot better. I just think his growth and improvement at quarterbacking has taken a huge jump. I mean, some of the plays that I've seen in practice and then some of the plays that I've seen in the game, the timing, the touch. um, I know he missed this throw yesterday, but it was incredible. He was rolling out to his left and he kind of through like uh, a dart across, lobbing it over defender, and it was just a tad uh, overthrown, but it was an unbelievable throw. And just him having that confidence and that timing, I know it, was, it wasn't a completion, but just that throw in general is just showing how far he's come um, in his progression, in my opinion. I think he's really taken off as a QB uh, pass it, passing, uh, a pocket passing QB. And that's what I think he wants. That's what he wants to show the world. That's where he's comfortable as well. I think everybody's used to him with the highlights of running around, doing his thing with the football in his hand. And he's really incredible like that. But I think really people need to start paying attention because he's really doing a great job of delivering the football this year. So real quick, and this is one of the advantages of being in the stadium, like I was able to kind of provide on a couple different plays during the post-game reaction on Sunday. That play that he's referring to that was an incompletion was Mm -hmm. targeted for, for, uh, was intended for Mark Andrews. As Kyle said, Lamar was flushed out of the pocket to his left, meaning as he is essentially backpedaling or running away, he has to start backpedaling in order to obviously throw since he's a righty, right? And as that's happening, it was literally, Kyle said, explained it so well. It was a Patrick Mahomes-esque kind of finesse and touch, and it was a dart in a sense that, that like Kyle explained it as. It didn't go, it, it, it was just outside the outstretched arms of Mark. But to Kyle's point, Sarah, that is like the evolution of Lamar. He is so incredibly crafty as a thrower now that these finesse kind of throws that are happening improv-wise, instead of just Lamar being a threat now in improvisation as a runner like he once was only or maybe even one-dimensionally early on in his career, now now it's this creativity. And I tell you what, we would have seen that we would have seen that play played back time and time again over the last 48 hours if it had gone complete. But I guess I just wanted to point that out because that's this new element of Lamar that we're starting to see more and more. Do you have the, do you have it? I don't have that one, but I wanted to show just kind of highlight like the timing stuff that I just feel like we didn't see from Lamar. And, you know, Kyle's talking about it being a development. I do think, I do think Lamar has been, has developed at the same time. I do think it's a function of Todd Munkin empowering him mm-hmm. in ways that like, cause, cause again, Greg Roman didn't want, didn't have them get up to the line of scrimmage till late. And that was part of his strategy. They wanted to, you know, milk the clock, this and that. But I just think this is like a perfect example. This, this, I was going to show this during the film study portion, but like just this stuff, we rarely saw this outside of like one Miami game 
where Lamar gets up early and he gets to like view the field. And then he can see over here on the left hand of your screen, you can see that outside linebackers coming to blitz. He is coming. So Lamar goes out, yells over to Mark Andrews and his receivers over there. Gus Edwards is listening. He's calling up the play. He's changing up the play. And then look, Gus Edwards doesn't even try to block this guy because it's part of the audible. Gus Edwards will be part of a release if, if Lamar just needs to throw it to him. But instead, Lamar, this is the one where he finds OBJ. Look, right as he comes to hit him, he hits OBJ perfectly in this window. Look at this other linebacker coming. Hits him. And then, by the way, as we all see, yeah, OBJ, he still has it when he's healthy. I mean, he put, he put on the burners there. And so it's just like, I think, one of the examples of what Kyle Van Noy is getting to, which is just that, you know, Lamar is he just he looks different if you watch it it just especially in the first half the second half ravens obviously got some issues with the way to work on but in the first half the way he just controls things and it's just and by the way these are normal things that qbs do all the time but lamar just hasn't it hasn't been empowered to him and so i think vanoy is seeing this big difference from when he saw him before and in this new offense it's like holy moly the timing the touch the audibles everything he's in control we talked about it all off-season long. What would Lamar be able to do at the line of scrimmage? He gets to show show off that football IQ, gets to show off the the autonomy that he now has under Munkin, and I thought that was a great example that you just provided, literally right on cue. Perfect segue, <laughs> partner. Good stuff. Kyle Van Noy also talked about just the John Harbaugh experience, right? I think A.J. Hawk essentially asked him, like, look, a lot of us know that, that Harbs runs a tight ship, right? There's no question yeah. about that. And, uh, now that you've been through it, and, and Kyle's been on a bunch of different teams, including a, a Bell, Bill Belichick-led team that went to multiple Super Bowls in Foxborough, he was asked, uh, essentially, what's that experience been like so far through a couple weeks? Uh, yeah, Harbaugh's been awesome for me. I mean, he's been very open communication. He's, he's really good with veterans. I mean, he's been taking good care of uh, myself and Jadavion Clowney, who's playing really good football, Big by the way. Yesterday. I think he's kind of flying under the radar. Just him, his communication skills have been awesome to me. Um, I, I can't say anything bad about Coach Harbaugh. Uh, he's been really good to me and, you know, has been open arms for me here. And same with the entire staff. I think what needs to be said about the Ravens organization is behind the scenes. They really got it down. I mean, me coming in mid-year and just having the communication skills, getting me places to look at, to live, and just being on point has been really impressive. And shout out to the people and behind the scenes at the Ravens organization. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He gets it, Sarah. He gets it. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly. I mean, um, uh, I'm pulling in all these videos because I'm just noticing they aren't in. So when they pop up for a second, it's just because I'm bringing them into the studio. Uh, so don't mind that they pop up every two seconds. But um, yeah, I just think it's obviously there's there's clearly some things that uh, Harbaugh's got to fix this year. Um, but I do think it is oh, a massive asset that just you know and i like to highlight it every time a new veteran comes in that everybody's like yep i wanted to come play for the ravens and yep it's as advertised love the culture all of that and i just think it's an asset that harb that people want to play with for harbs another aspect of this interview that i found to be interesting because the ravens have a couple of these guys is the older guys as kyle says right especially at the at the pass rusher position well in today's nfl Sometimes there's this youth infusion, this this youth priority to have and spend money on. And Kyle's like, hey, wait a second, not so fast. Look at look at what Jadavi and I are doing for the Ravens right now on the other side of 30. And I think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because of it. Here's Kyle Van Noy on essentially going from the couch to, to producing. You know, this is this is kind of fun because I feel like Right now, I'm playing really good football, and it's kind of I'm trying to put on for the older guys that kind of get washed out of the NFL, where GMs want to go younger and they think that's the way, and blah blah blah. But you know, I'm I'm trying to prove to all these people that are in these roles and coaches that kind of looked over me that I think y'all need to pay attention to some of these older guys. They still got it. Lombo, too. I mean, oh, shout yeah. out to Lombo. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lombo. He, we know he's watching this. He, you know he's shaking in his boots in his house <laughs> right now going over the, the film. We know it. So as you can see, uh, Kyle has a, a very tremendous personality. And I, I kind of enjoyed it, too, like earlier on in the, the program. By the way, Michael Lombardi is a former NFL executive. He's on the Pat McAfee show all the time. So he's taking a little dig at somebody who I think he spent quite a bit of time with. Because remember, like the week or two weeks prior to the, the Ravens signing Kyle, Kyle sat in for the week or at least the day with the guys on McAfee. So there's rapport there and there's a familiarity. But uh, I, I appreciated just sort of how Kyle was was very open about how you, you come in as a vet. And you've been around the league, several teams. And for the first couple of weeks, he said, hey, I'm just going to sit back and kind of observe which is the complete opposite of what I would do. I think that's what you would do, right? As Kyle, you, yes. you're, you're older yes. and wiser than I am in the sense that where you, you've been around. <laughs> no, it's and, a personality difference, yes. Okay, personality <laughs> difference. Maybe it's, I thought I was thinking it's experience. But Kyle goes in and he's like, 
telling these guys, hey, I finally started kind of opening up, cracking jokes, sharing different pieces of my personality while we were on the road in London. He thought that that was a, a product of being in a very unique place, unique road trip and all those things. But uh, but it's cool how he's like sat back and now he's almost like, it's almost as if like a leadership role is what he's starting to to kind of embrace now that he's been here a few weeks. And I just thought that was a kind of cool insight behind the curtain. What's funny is he said that he sat back for a while, but like Mike McDonald was like, yep, he came in just like Roquan and was telling me what to do on third down and this and that. So maybe he was like reserved for, for him. Some other notes from, from the interview that, you know, we won't get to, but you know, the balling off the couch was really cool that he said he really liked that he was able to go to London so quickly because if he felt like um, the team was able to bond even more, which they were already good vibes on this team from training camp. So to know that, and he talks about how he sat and talked with Lamar for a while. And he's like, by the way, Lamar's tripping that he doesn't think he has fans in London. Does he know who he is? You know, and then he sat and spent time with Roquan. So he's obviously doing that. He said he learned the defense in like a week. Uh, which, you know, he's like, and he's like, and I'm even showing some guys where to be, you know, he's like, I know these defenses. So, um, there was all of that. And then just one thing, just, I just wanted to show him balling off the couch, the sack that he had, check out what he's doing here. Does a little spin move, which, you know, all of them push the quarterback. I think that's Malik at that point back up in the, uh, so he starts to rush because there's some pressure. And then Vinoy is mm. able to like go back and get him. He gets in there right there. This is courtesy of Ryan Mink, by the way. Actually, no, this is <laughs> just just to let you know, Bobby, what's going on with all these videos. For some reason, I went into the studio and started uploading all my film study into 1017. That was for yesterday's vault. This one's yeah. 1018. So that's why I'm bringing them all in. And that's why they are all over the place. Scratch all that because that was showing Matt Abike being all over the place. We're going to get to him in just a second. Let me see if this one's it. But well, I think the first the one was him. Well, anyway, yeah. he's, uh, yeah, this is, I'm so sorry. These film studies are all over the place. I went into the wrong studio. So here he um, is. I mean, look at this guy. He's, he's on there, the edge. He's spinning around. He, he even hits the boom. deck. Look at this. He hits the deck right here. His knee hits the turf and then gets yep. up. And, and you know, another thing, and there's so many different takeaways, it's like a 20 minute interview. So again, we're not going to be able to get to everything. But Sarah, he he mentioned that, and there's just a relentlessness. I love that about him. He he mentioned that the first couple weeks, he he, he didn't feel like post game recovery day, whenever yeah. it was, that he had his his legs from underneath him. He finally said right. the London game. He told Pat and the guys, like, I feel like now I'm conditioned for NFL speed, and I thought that was just a cool, like, transitional period that it takes to go from yeah balling on the couch to balling on Sundays, in this case, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in, in front of 61,000 from all over the world in London. Absolutely. All right, so we good on Kyle, Kyle Van Noy? Is there anything else Kyle. there? Let's get to some film study. All right, let's get some film study. I don't know which one this is. We'll take it as it comes up because it's all over the place. Let me start it from the beginning, though. Yeah, okay, so why I brought this up, this is Matt Abike. Again, this is Ryan Meek pulling this stuff. Um, Matt Abike uh, is all over the place. I thought I had heard a question about him playing on the edge. He literally is. Check this out. He's on the edge on this one. Just this massive, he's supposed to be a nose tackle out on the edge. Then looks like he's on the end, the defensive end position here. Oh, okay. Bring in another sack from a completely different position. And now watch him over on the other side, not on the edge, but looks like, look at this. Watch this. Tosses him. And boom, 
Now, to be fair, it seemed like the, he was the quarterback. I couldn't. I think that was Tannehill on the last one. They were holding it a little bit long. But my goodness, to be able to have the versatility that he has, and to like bring pressure from all these different places, Mike McDonald is just having fun. He is just having fun with with Justin Matabike. Justin is moving right. bodies. He's moving bodies. And he's he's disrupting whether he's on the edge, on the end, whatever it might be. I love what he's doing this year. Contract year for number ninety-two, and he is stacking. He and PQ are setting themselves up for some nice paydays through six weeks. Just a good problem to have for EDC, making it hard to figure out what to do in, in free agency. But here we go. This one is let's rewind this one here. Oh, is this Jadavian Clowney? Yeah. Okay. Look to your right. Okay. This is courtesy of Cole Jackson. Look to your right. We got um, Jadavian Clowney on the right side. Watch what he does to this right tackle. Okay, here we go. Just lining up there face-to-face. -face. The right tackle, it's not like he's going to get caught off guard here, Bobby. Look at him. He is squared up and ready for Clowney, and look what he just does. He ain't just ready for any such thing. him. He ain't ready just, for any such thing. It is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, just like, oh, let's watch that again. Set up oh, one minute he's like ready for him all in the stance and the next minute he's on his butt that was that was awesome from clowny everybody keep, keeps talking about how well he's playing we saw it there then here's the last one i'm pulling in this one is um again courtesy of mink here and this is watch queen and he sees the motion man but wait so does roquan okay so this is exactly what Tennessee wants they want it they you put in a motion to get the linebackers a little bit off but look both PQ and Roquan pick it up so PQ quits because he notices that Roquan has it and now PQ starts to survey what's going on look how far away he is when Tannehill throws this ball out to the left PQ is all the way between the the right hashes the, or between the two middle hashes and he just goes all the way and boom prevents the touchdown that man patrick queen has so much speed for an inside linebacker just some excellent excellent play uh on some of this film study so much to watch stuff that you just don't get to see live yeah those are just some of the clips that we didn't have a chance to get to over the last couple of days that i'm glad you brought in Quick hits, Raven safety Kyle Hamilton, according to NFL Network, Tom Pelissero. He is not expected to be suspended for the helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit on Chris Moore, the Titans wide receiver Sunday in London. Uh, of course, that got him ejected, so it will be reviewed like all plays for a possible fine, but in terms of suspension, that is unlikely, and I know we both agree with that decision, assuming that's the one that's made by the NFL. Marcus Mosier put together the most big plays through week six of the 2023 NFL season. It is on a slide. It's ranked for all 32 teams. And this was yours. So where do the Ravens fall in here? It looks uh, like this, they are this was third. It's tied for second. Oh, okay. It's tied for second. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tied for second. They just have him in that third position. But yeah, the Ravens through six weeks have 47 big big plays and the way they're defining it for, for rushing ones, it's 10 or more yards and for receiving, it's 20 plus. Now, a lot of those uh, big plays on rushing, I bet is Lamar. Um, 
I'm sure the running backs have a few, but I know Lamar. It seems like every time Lamar runs, at least when he's scrambling, he gets more than 10 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they have 18 big plays for the reception. So that was a little bit surprising to me. I felt like the Ravens had sprinkled in some of their, some big plays. I feel like we've seen that, but I just didn't realize that it was tied for second in the league. So, you know, that's positive news. It's another reason why to have more optimism if they can get it together. The second thing I have on this slide is Jonas Schaefer put together a somewhat similar tweet as I had put up yesterday when I was kind of outlining the Ravens offense and how effective it is in the first half versus the second half. I put up, the points per half and also the yards per half. And there's a massive drop off. What Jonas did here is he put together their success rate, the offensive success, success rate and their yards per play. And he does it by quarter. And so in the first quarter, I'll just go to the success success rate and the first quarter, it's almost 57%, which is second in the league. Then the second quarter, it goes down to 47, which is sixth in the league. 40% in the third quarter, 16th in the league. And then in fourth time and overtime, it's 28.4%. That's the 31st in the league. Now, I've gotten questions since the tweet I put up yesterday. And then Jonah follows up with this um, after mine. And... Um, I've gotten questions. What is this? How do you fix it? Yada, yada, yada. Now, listen, when you're talking about an offensive stat, there's going to be a lot of complex factors to it. So I'm not going to pretend that I know all the complex factors to it. But I do feel like one for sure is that once you have a lead, you, you start to protect it. That's league wide, but that certainly is also a philosophy that I feel like John Harbaugh has implemented throughout the years. Now, so, so that's why Jonas followed up a, a, a follower of his asked him like, you know, do you have like, like when you're milking the clock, we need to know like what the win probability is because once your win probability is up super high, then of course you're not going to be as aggressive. So uh, what Jonas said, he's like, what I, what I, I don't have a win percent filter. He goes, but he goes, the success rate for the Ravens in the third and fourth quarters when they're up three to 10 points, their success rate is 39%. Okay. But when they're up by 11 or more points, okay, then it drops to 12.5%. So that's clearly a more conservative uh, play calling because you're up by so much. So the high, so the higher up you are, the, the, the more conservative you're going to be, the higher, the higher up you are in the lead. So in the past, I feel like that's worked okay because the Ravens' run game, it's hilarious because I'm saying, you know, the Ravens have had all these these big plays with the rushing game, but if it, I'm sure you guys can agree with me watching the game. It doesn't feel like when the Ravens are trying to just, like, run up the middle and run out the clock, one thing that they had going for them in 2019 is it felt like they always converted those. I feel like this year, whether it's Gus or it's Justice or Lamar or when they did, did the fake the fake uh, or the direct snap to Mark Andrews, there was no push up the middle. And so that to me is it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to drain the clock and be successful at doing that, you've got to be able to run two or three times in a series late in the fourth quarter and convert the first down and drain the clock. I don't feel like the Ravens are doing that. So to me, I feel like that is one factor and I don't want to just put this all on running backs because you know, I wouldn't be against like a Saquon trade or, Derrick Henry is another one out there. Not that I know if those guys are available. I wouldn't be against it, but I also feel like the offensive line has got to get more push up the middle. Middle. I feel like continuity over time will help, but to me, that's a major, major. You, it's hard to to have a conservative 
approach and hold on to, to leads if you can't convert on those third and shorts or second and, 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 you know, five or whatever. So to me that, and if you can't, if your run game can't do that, then you can't be as conservative to the run game, which is what Harbaugh likes to do. If his run game can't do that, he's going to have to start passing more and be more aggressive in the fourth, in the fourth quarter, because they've been given up too many leads, not only just this year, but last year too. I mean, double digit leads that cannot happen anymore couple more notes before we close just a reminder that uh as you can see here based on the ravens that uh, announcement that they put out and a reminder it is time to sizzle this weekend yes for the one o'clock game against the detroit lions terrell suggs will go and be forever immortalized inside mt bank stadium into the ravens ring of honor so excited for for sizzle that'll happen at halftime and i think i think there's a rumor again i do all my home pregame shows from be more around town's tailgate lot. There's a rumor that he might be popping by there. So maybe you guys want to check that out pregame uh, with T sizzle at be more around town, which is located at 801 Austin O S T E N D street. Looking forward to honoring sizzle accordingly. And then I thought our guide to kid Gowie, and I, unfortunately I didn't have a chance to meet up with him in London, but we were trying to, to, to coordinate. We just didn't end up working out. But, but Gowie put up a great tweet, I thought, that recognized something that probably hasn't gotten enough run, and that's the fact that Zay Flowers got his first career touchdown on his late mother's birthday this past weekend. Wow. And as Gowie says, uh, Miss, Miss Jackie Walden is the reason Zay started playing football to begin with. To gift her an NFL touchdown while overseas is a story you couldn't write any better. And as you see there on the left-hand side of the screen for our YouTube folks, Zay put up an, an Instagram story with the caption, happy birthday, mama, love and miss you. Keep watching over your baby boy. I know you're proud. So a nice little touch there from, from Gowie to Zay. And uh, I'm certainly, it uh, goes without saying, I'm sure she is dang proud up there, Sarah, watching down on her guy. That's like chills. That his first career touchdown yep. is on his late mother's birthday. That's wow. Yep. That's all I can say is wow. That is pretty dope right there. We'll finish with this. It is two minutes and 41 seconds, but I promise you it is worth your time. This is usually longer than we like to do, but I literally watched this like three or four times today. I'm walking through the streets of London laughing my you-know-what off. This is hilarious, okay? The aforementioned Shannon Sharp in his separate podcasting space with Ocho Cinco, former Cincinnati Bengal, and he tells the story. I'll just let him tell it because this is so, so good. Listen, Baltimore Ravens, I never forget. Obviously, that's, that's one of the games I get up for. I get up for, I'm hyped. <laughs> Obviously, if, if, for, for those that don't know, if you watch me throughout my career, I would always give the team bulletin board material on Wednesday. Nothing malicious, nothing nothing crazy. It was just more of a challenge to those that we are playing that week because, you know, this this is the week. I like to somewhat set the tone, and I did it through the media. Very savvy right. with it, too. Take some of the pressure off my teammates and some of the other players going to the game. So we out there for warm-ups. We at M M it's M how you say MT Bank M Stadium? MT Bank Stadium. I'm out there just, you know, doing light jog with my earphones on, and I see Orlando Brown. I see Big Zeus out there warming up. And you know me, you know me and my playful nature. You know the relationship that I have with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and, and those dudes. So I, I'm 
thinking, well, since I get along with them very well and they know me personally, well, I can go out there and play around with Orlando Brown. Man, look here, man. So Orlando Brown, I don't, how big was Orlando Brown? Boss, boss well, man, how what, big? Six, he's eight, still six, big. Seven. Yeah, he's like six seven and a half. He at least six seven, six eight. Six six seven, six eight by three hundred some pounds, man. And I, I decided to go jump on his back. Like literally, he's walking. I decided to go jump on his back. You know how you, you, you know, you see yeah. your piggyback. I yeah. jumped on his back, and I thought he would have thought it was funny. And I jumped down. He turned around. He said, "Man, I don't know what the f you think this is. Man, I don't play them type of games." Man, it started chasing after me, and I thought he was playing. And you know how you take the you do the little funny trot, like yeah. man, stop playing, like in the movie Friday. Yeah, yeah. She chasing around the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear for God, man, he had to look in his eyes, man. If he was able to catch me, man, man, buddy was finna kill me, man. Oh, he did something bad to you, huh? Hey, man, he was finna do something bad to me. So I got, I got nervous. I ran to the locker room, and when it got Big Willie, I say, Big Willie, man, I, you need to come holler at your people, man. I was just playing around, and it looked like he trying to do something bad to me, and the game ain't even started. It's just pregame. Mm -hmm. So Big Willie went out there and talked to him and said, listen, Ocho, listen, you can't be playing with Big Zeus like that, man. Big, Zeus don't, Big Zeus don't play like that, man. Yeah. i like, but, but Big you, Willie, that's me. You know how I am. You know I'm No, I'm, I'm no, the no but that ain't him. I'm, I'm, no, nah, that, that ain't, and, and Big Willie had to give me a better understanding. Everybody don't move like that, but, man, Buddy was finna kick, finna beat my ass. And that, that, after that, I never, ever, ever bothered the offensive lineman ever again after that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be playing with Big Zeus like that. <laughs> Bobby, I was working for the organization when Big Zeus was there. That... That was not only was he massive, a massive human being. Well, so was Jonathan Ogden, but Jonathan Ogden was like this gentle giant. Big Zeus is not, I would not use the word gentle giant to describe him. He is hilarious. He's always playing, but I would never want to tick him off. I don't know what I did to get into his good graces. I remember he gave me his shoe. I should add that to my to my bookshelf back here. Yeah. I still have his massive shoe that he signed and i don't know why but he was cool with me maybe it's because i didn't jump on his back that i would not have recommended that to ocho cinco <laughs> no kidding no kidding uh, there were so many different pieces of that but like i just thought it was so funny at the beginning where ocho cinco was like i used to kind of you know talk through the media quite savvy too if i might add like <laughs> he's just talking himself <laughs> up like this guy is so entertaining r.i.p to, to zeus senior uh, the reason why I found that was Orlando Brown Jr. actually quote tweeted the video where it came from and just had a bunch of laughy emojis. Like that was so, so, so good. And, and uh, Ocho Cinco is, is one of a kind, as we all know. All right. We want to make sure we shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. As always, these guys are supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So shout out Bryson Herb and Big Fesh. 927. We appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month. And with that, we're going to close down this Wednesday morning vault edition here inside the vault. We will be back on Thursday. We will also have uh, be on the lookout for uh, our featured guest to preview the Ravens and Lions, which is coming up on Sunday the 22nd at one o'clock inside the bank. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this one. We'll next talk to you on Thursday.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.